Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Tremendous performance by Gregory Rodriguez. They tried to kill me. Hey, listen. I'm a RoboCop, man. I never die. Gregory RoboCop Rodriguez. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Myself with the great, spectacular Phoenix Cow Volley. Phoenix. Yo, it's been a minute, like the kids say. What is up? You look great. Thank you. Matt, Sarah, you, you give me the warm and fuzzies. I, I I miss you. I really miss you. It's been a while, buddy. We got a lot to catch up on. A lot. You know what I mean? I mean, I know you're all up to stuff. I want to know what you're up to. We got to talk some pop culture, some movie stuff. We have not talked on air yet about that Rebel Moon movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I have not. I have Holy not seen shit, it. man. What a well, way to talk I- show. I saw pieces of it. The Anthony Hopkins robot was dope. I just thought that the whoever did the cinematography and the creature design for that, that people, was phenomenal. People are shitting on that movie, and I don't think they really should. I'm so excited about the new Dune movie that's coming out. And uh, I heard Christopher Nolan, the, the great director who did the, 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 uh, the Dark Knight uh, series, the Batman series, um, he, he was saying... How he thought it was like he compared it to like the Empire Strikes Back of the Star Wars movies. That's how much he enjoyed it, which I think is a great compliment. So I can't yeah. wait to see this new Dune movie. I right, listen. I'm getting all into the geek stuff, and we got MMA stuff to talk about. So let's. Uh, why don't we bring in Gregory RoboCop uh, Rodriguez in? And let me tell you about RoboCop. Let me tell you about Gregory. He's a, a eight-time national jiu-jitsu cha- world champion. But the guy is always knocking people out. He has, he, you know, what's the matter with throwing in an arm lock once in a while? He likes his fights in the UFC. He's five and two in the UFC. Let me see. His last, his last, how many fights? One, two, three, four. And only one went to a decision. And the last four, he has three knockouts, TKOs, and one TKO going in the other direction. He is a beast. Very, very, I mean, very, very. 
He has something against that third round. He doesn't like going to it. He likes to get the night early, get the night done early. Let's get him in here. He's fighting Brad Tavares. And the last time we saw Brad, I seen him up close because, you know, he bested my good friend, former world champion, Chris Weidman, and he looked actually really, really good. Very well-rounded. Let's talk to Gregory Rodriguez. Let's bring him right in. There he is! Gregory Robocop Rodriguez! Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, hey, Gregory, I think I'm crazy, which obviously I'm crazy, but I thought that you were on the show before, and they're telling me it's the first time, and then I remember that I had a nice conversation with you at one of the UFCs that you were fighting, so maybe I'm just mixing that up. Yeah, what was in uh, in in Boston? Was yes. in Boston. Yeah, my my father was a was a big fan of you. I I love yeah, when you I, tell me that. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I'm growing up watching the fights. I'm a big fan. Thank and, you so um, much. That makes I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Look, your English is perfect. I mean, where, where did you? I try. I try. Where did you grow <laughs> up in Brazil? Correct. Yeah, I, I born in Brazil. Yeah, I rise in Brazil, and then I I moved to US in 2018. Mm. And uh, but I never I never studied English in my life, so and then there I was in California. I started teaching jujitsu, and my students start you know help me out with my English, and uh and I will I will try try to improve myself day by day. Are you telling me? When you came over in 2018, you didn't speak any English or very little, or, or is it like more or less? When they say yeah, more very, very little, be, like because because the jujitsu always um, um, our team in Brazil, we came to compete the the, the worlds and was here like for a long long time, yeah. and that and that traveling like that was you know helped me. And try to work for a food, try to do something. Yeah. I knew little, but uh yeah, in 2018, and then I started to improve because I moved here for leave. And then I said, Man, I need to speak in English. That's that's one of my goals for when I move. And then yeah, but day by day, I need to study more, I need to practice more, I need to improve myself. It, it, it's funny, Gregory. That reminds me when I was talk about old when i was in the late 1990s i was in um ba in rio in, in uh baja de juca at baja gracie uh -huh. and you know they they treated me okay there even though i was the only american because they love henzo they knew i was henzo's guy so mm -hmm. this black belt very good guy he was a police officer named serge Nas. uh he he was very good black belt and he wanted to work his english so always he'd take me afterwards and train with me and tap me out and it and but he would like to keep talking to me because he'd want to work his English and I loved it because I was getting lessons. So that's yeah. so funny that that's how you worked. Your, yeah, that, uh, your that's English. good and and especially in the martial arts. Like for me, I came from jujitsu and that the world everywhere you go, you have you know you have people to support you, and then I'm I'm grateful for have jujitsu in my life. You know, like always when I go have some place there, Brazilians and. And we help each other, so, so that's that's great. I, I, I was, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so uh, jujitsu is the only art I haven't competed in yet. So I'm wondering, is there a specific mindset to compete in jujitsu as opposed to competing in MMA? Is there like a different way that you prepare or think besides just the physical part? Like, 
Is there a jiu-jitsu mindset for tournaments and competitions? Yeah, do you know, do you know what? Like in jiu-jitsu, one of the things that I was more nervous when I was competing jiu-jitsu than, than in the MMA, because in the same day, you're gonna you fight against like many, many guys. Of course, not then nobody's gonna hit in your face or something, you know, you're not gonna cut. But uh jujitsu is was hard. When one of the things in jujitsu like helped me is the, the rules, you know, like you need to make a point, you need to, you know, take them down, start on top and and the sweeps and and all those those positions that we need to do for 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 wins, not just submissions. And I think the mindset, the game, you know, the game that helped me inside the MMA because it, it, it's not the same, but uh, we have a three rounds, or if the teller shot, to have five rounds, to have uh, our rules, to have the the referees outside, to have the referees. So that's a rule. That's a game, and I think that you know that that helped me to improve myself in MMA. Like this mindset, you know, always I'm competing. We're so competitive in jujitsu, even inside the gym. It's not just on the tournaments. So that com- the, the 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 competition. You know that that helped me to um, to improve myself inside the MMA world. Yeah, I see. good. Because you have to get yourself from position to position. Exactly. So it, you have to like. So I wonder if that transfers over almost to striking too. Like I know I need to put myself here to get myself there. It's really really interesting. Like me doing it now, it's like changing the way my brain regulates in a way. One thing we, we one thing we say in jiu-jitsu, I think Matt, like I don't know if he he, he heard that before, but uh, that's in Portuguese. So they said uh, every jiu-jitsu black belt it's a blue belt in in everything. <laughs> oh, say that again. Every every jiu-jitsu black belt's a blue belt in everything. In everything, like they can do everything. Oh, it, that's it, funny. Yeah, it's funny, like but uh, most yeah. of the guys. Uh, I know, like, came from jujitsu, like, good, like, like, good guys on jujitsu world levels. They, 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 they do good, you know, and in everything yeah. they do. So, yeah, did, it, it's did, nice. Did you see Hinato Moicano's fight the other night by any chance? Versus yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. That's a perfect example because his jujitsu, and not just again, there wasn't a any, I don't think there was much submission attempts, but the mentality of getting a guy down and not letting him just get back up. And if he goes to sweep you, don't allow just going to your back and working your guard. No, 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 you get up. That might be an advantage in jujitsu, but it's not points because you can't give away points. You get that mentality because if you get points scored on you, oh man, now I'm down, now I'm going to lose to the clock. So when you get that mentality in jujitsu of getting a guy down and just keeping him down, securing those positions, not giving away positions. I mean, it's ultimately made the sport of Brazilian jiu-jitsu when it was first invented as far as the sport, it was for what's better in a street fight, which was two points takedown, three points, you know, with passing the guard, the best points is the best position for a street fight, which is mount or back. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. people start manipulating those rules to win by the clock. But if you have that mentality of that jiu-jitsu point system that transfers over beautifully to MMA because that's what it's made for the fight correct yeah yeah, yeah I agree 100 100 and, and and Gregory let me ask you because I'm blessed with the same curse is uh we got heavy hands mofo 
We got heavy <laughs> hands. How great does it feel? Because there's some jujitsu guys that need to get it to the floor. But it's both a blessing and a curse to be able to put people to sleep. Because sometimes you get in love with it. I remember I fought Matt Hughes. People say it was the head. I, I clocked him. He was all over. I, I Frank Trigg, I put to sleep. And then I get so in love with it. I fight Chris Lytle, who's a former boxer. And, you know, he gave me he gave me a little bit of a beat and stand up. What I could have really tried to utilize my jujitsu. Do you ever feel you fall victim to that? Like, you know that if you put somebody to touch them, they're going to fall asleep, that you might go away from the jujitsu a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I prefer there. Like, but I always, I always, you know, I think I get this from my father. I started in Capoeira since mm. I was like my five years old. Oh, and um, and the, yeah, the striking, the striking game, like always was a patient for me, you know, like I, I, I watch in boxing, I watch in MMA uh, for a long, long time. But I started the jiu-jitsu and then, but a jiu-jitsu now was my first, you know, my, my first art, martial arts I started. So that's why, like, when I, when I went to MMA, when I started my MMA career, I already had a little bit of the backing ground of boxing. I trained, like, I started with my, my 12, like, 13 years old. I, did, I didn't compete in boxing. I tried, but I, I, that never happened. But yes, like, but my jujitsu, of course, is gonna be always my background. But when you start knocking people out, you you know what? that's exciting, man. That's I know, like, I know I have this, you know, like, but uh, powerful feeling. Last it too because I'm a completed fighter. I can fight it everywhere. I can fight it on the ground. I can fight it on top. So that's that's. That is so you, you go ahead. Is there something more satisfying? Does it just feel more satisfying to get a knockout or to get a submission? Uh, I don't know. Like it's different. Like because MMA, of course, you're gonna start with the hands. Like yeah. the, 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 the fight I tried to take the guy down 30 seconds, 30 seconds in the first round was the was I get the nice get on my forehead. Yeah. So you need to start striking yeah. and then everything's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, it's like I think you get you get excited when you you know you put your hand and you feel the guy like the chicken dance and yeah, you know like that's yes, sick. I love that. I love I love that. I, it's sick. I know. Uh, yesterday was the anniversary of my Frank Trigg fight, and when I I remember landing that right hand and you just see the lights go yeah. out like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it feels like if you just get filled up with power. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, true. Oh, it's, it's fucking true. crazy. It's true. But, uh, hey, I'm excited about your fight with Brad Tavares because when I think of Brad Tavares and literally his last fight, I was in the corner versus Chris Weidman when he was fighting Brad Tavares. And when I think of Brad Tavares, yeah, tough Hawaiian, but very well-rounded. He's a very well-rounded guy. Like his, his wrestling, his jujitsu is underrated. He's good at getting back up. And he's very scrappy. I mean, so this, this has the makings of a, of a fight of the night right here. This is a great fight on paper, you know. Um, do you approach this one as a feeling out period with the stand up, like you said? Or do we have a specific game plan for Brad Tavares, which I don't expect you to say? You know, Matt, like, I will use in everything I have, brother. 
you know, yeah. using my striking. If I had the chance, you know, I see the opportunity, I can take him down. I can, I would dominate him in, in everywhere the fights goes. I'm ready for that, you know, but I'm excited too. Like, I know he's a good experience inside the UFC. You know, I know he's a, he's a very tough guy, but that's, that's the, that's kind of fight I've won, you know. I wanted it. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna go in this Saturday, next Saturday night, and and uh, I will put it on a show. So this is gonna be a great fight. You know, I'm I'm ready. In all in every area, I can strike in him. I know my striking better. My my speed is good. My timing and everything. I also can take him down with pressure him. So yeah, man. Uh, like I said, I know what I have. I know what I can do, and I do everything I, you know, I needed to to get in my win. You feel this is giving you a little bit more of a high profile this fight around. Do you feel like there's more eyes on you, you know, now that like you had that crazy cut and that was like super recognized and it went viral and you came back from a win? Do you feel like more of the MMA fans are now paying attention to you that have your eyes on you this time around? Yeah, like uh, it, it's good, you know. Like have people seeing you. Uh, if you want or not, like MMA is a show, and uh, you need you need the people watching you. But uh, that's not make the difference for me. You know, I'm a fighter. I I want to fight. I want to you know do my work. Like I'm working hard for that. But uh, yeah, like I think this fight's gonna be good for me. It, it's a it's one fight I ask it for. We supposed to fight in Brazil uh, last year, but uh, that that fight that didn't happen. But uh, now is the opportunity, and uh, I think it, it's gonna be in the great timing for me. So yeah, it's gonna be good. I think Brett Tavares he had his chance, he had his time. It's not more his time. It's my time now, and I will I will, I will show that. Hey, I was gonna say. Now I was just gonna say, and this might be one of the most important questions of this whole interview. I know what you're going to say. I think you know where I'm going with this. Yes, I do. What is your I nickname, <laughs> Robocop. Now, look, I can actually see it when I look at you a little bit. You got the, like, the, you look like, you know, like a superhero. But I want to know how you got it. And then the follow up question to it is the original or that remake, which I'm going to bring up. Talk to me. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I got this nickname uh, when I when I moved to Rio de Janeiro for started my MMA career. I went to a uh, ex gym. Josué Destaque was the coach in there. Jacare yeah. was there. All those guys. And then Destaque, the head coach, he didn't know my name. I just was a guy who came from Jiu Jitsu, like you know. Yeah. And then hey, you on the back, uh, Robocop, come in here. <laughs> and and then, <laughs> that's how I started. Back in the days, I didn't like you know, like man, Robocop is just a piece of a head inside a robot machine. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I don't like this guy. And then, but uh, I'm a Christian, and uh, and uh, I believe you know, for for the real man, the man of God, you know, walking the earth, we need to die first, we need to die for this world, we need to die for everything, we need to die for the sins, and then you're gonna back up. So if you see the story about RoboCop, it's the same. You know, Murphy, you get a, you get a, like, uh, you know, they kill him and then, and then they get his head and then they're building the new man like a RoboCop. Yeah. 
So, and then now that's make more sense for me, you know, now I like the Robocop. That's yeah. more, that's, that means a lot for me now. And, uh, and, and like you said, like, if you see my fights, like some of the fights, man, I'm almost going and then I'm going yes. back. So, yeah, uh, I like it, Robocop now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fair in love with that. Did you, did you see the movie or movies, the, the original and the remake? Did you see those? Yeah, yeah I see those. I, I like it. I like the original. Yes. I love it. That was when I, when I was a kid, you know, I, I, I prefer they made a new one. It's yeah. good, but uh, I'm going the original. I had such problems with the new one. He might have looked cool, but one, there's no classic lines. Yeah. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> or even, does it hurt? Does it hurt? No. So many lines in that original that it yeah. had such a weird, dark sense of humor to it that it was just an instant classic. It was just so... Like out of this world, violent, and for like a, a superhero type movie, that is just so great. Then, even at the end, or like how it ended, when I believe he said something like, We're only human, or something like that, it was just so right on. And he had the objectives at the end where he couldn't shoot the um an employee or something like that, where it's objective he can't. So then the boss goes, uh, Dick, you're fired. So then he goes, okay, <laughs> thank you. It was so classic. <laughs> the new one with Michael Keaton, fast forward to just this one part when the same thing, he can't shoot the objective. He can't shoot the the the, uh, the boss because he, it, it won't let him. There's no cool line like that. He just like powers through it and shoots him. Anyway, I don't <laughs> want to go on and on, but my point is the yeah. original that's what I'm you're based on. If somebody ever said you're based on the uh, remake, I would give him a smack. <laughs> no, I'm the original. I go the original. I Heck yeah. 100 Phoenix, I think we're good. I'm excited for this weekend with Gregory Robocop Rodriguez versus Brad Tavares fighting this weekend. It's in Vegas, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be in Vegas. Apex. At the, is it at the Apex? Apex, yeah. Now, do you did you fight the Apex before? Yeah, so many of my fights were in the Apex. I think, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I fought more in the Apex than yeah. outside. Do you prefer a live crowd, a bigger crowd, or do you like? Man, I mean, I love the crowd, man. You love the crowd. People screaming. I, I like it, the energy. I prefer, it. but uh, I mean, Apex. You can, for me, you can hear all those shots landing at the Apex, though. You, you hear, you yeah, hear it. Like yeah. It's in like that Dolby sound or whatever it is. Yeah, especially right. my fights, man. So excited, and they for yes. the people see it, and they put in the apex. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I will fight it everywhere. Yeah, but, uh, I prefer the crown, of course. This is it's more, you know, it's more power. Yeah, but, I got you. And then you have more big things to come. Oh, right? I mean, yeah. And listen, and then please come back and hang yeah. out with us again, Gregory. This was fun. You know, always, brother, always, man. I'm down for it. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys' time. I appreciate it for the the, the invited. And uh, yeah, man, I'm here next time. Let's go. Hey, this weekend versus Brad Tavares. I can't wait. It's gonna be a. It's gonna steal the show. It really thank is. You, brother. All thank our you. best, Gregory. And tell your dad thank you for watching me back in the day. Thank he. He's not here no more. But, oh my uh, God! I'm sorry. No, no, you good, brother. Jeez. But I know, yeah. But uh, man, thank you for inspiring us. And uh, you, you, of course, you were one of the reasons I'm here. You know, like my daddy, 
It's a big, really big fan of you. So thank you very much, my brother. Thank, thank you for you. everything you did. Sometimes the people think, oh, we, I'm, we just fight. But uh, if if you don't know, I'm just, uh, I, I was a kid for a pure part in Manaus in Brazil. But uh, watching you guys, that's inspiring me, you know, and they say, man, I can be like that. I can, you know, I can be uh, one champion one day. So thank you, brother. Thank you for everything. Hey, I'm, hey right back at you. I'm a fan of yours. So is Phoenix. And anybody who's seen you fight, they know. Don't take a bathroom break because something's going on right now. You know, something's going down. <laughs> Someone's going down. Gregory, all our best, bro. Thank you. Thank take you. Bye-bye. Have a good one, guys. It's so great. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, listen, man. He's, he's, he's such a, such a nice guy, no? We're nice. It's like his backstory is that like his dad really wanted to be a fighter and he couldn't because he had, you know, he had kids and he had to work. So he got his kids into martial arts. And then once his, once his dad passed, Gregor was like, am I doing this because it's his dream or am I doing it because it's my dream? And he went through this whole like psychological thing to like build, you know, build himself back up to be like, is this my dream or my dad's dream? And clearly he put himself on the right head and he's doing what he's doing now. But it like part of that connection. And I think you and I share that, too, because your dad got you into martial arts. My dad got me into martial arts. You know, a lot of people think like I, you know, I I always felt like an oddball growing up because my father, usually when you get into sports, it's from your parents. Right. Father never watched anything with a ball. So when all the kids at school were talking Yankees and Mets and, and football with the whatever, I didn't, I was like, and I, I play with them like on the street, but not in the school sports. And I wasn't really, you know, I felt almost like a misfit. I'd be watching Bruce Lee fucking fist the fury. Oh, by the way, the week, this weekend, the fights, uh, this Saturday, the prelims start at four o'clock PM on ESPN plus, and the main card starts at 7 PM. Eastern time on ESPN plus. Um, yeah, listen, Hey Phoenix, let me tell you before we get uh Sam Tripoli in, uh, I love talking to comedians. I do. I really do. Cause they remind me a lot of like martial artists in a way. Like when I hear them talk about, when I hear Louis, say, Louis CK do a, like a little bit about how he feels like a, when he does a, like um, a road gig and how he feels almost like a drifter, you go into the town and, you're by yourself. And like, I feel that way sometimes when I used to do seminars or fights and you're just like, kind of like hanging around and you, I don't know, I can relate a little bit to, 
the life of maybe a, a road comic. Because well, you did like stand up, even though you did like that one or two times, yeah. and I've done stuff too. Yeah, There's that a- was fun. Yeah, but I wouldn't yeah. do it again. It was too nerve wracking, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. So listen, man. I told I was talking about it the other day, and I know you've seen some stuff online. You know, Anne, my wife, she fought an MMA fight over the weekend. Phoenix, yeah, I was going to ask. Un- unbelievable, Phoenix. I'm going to show. I'm going to send you the, the fight. I got it. And uh, she fought a, you know, she's a blue belt and she has a few, three kickboxing matches and uh, she fought a purple belt out of Virginia. So I believe the, the girl, the nice girl, this girl, Valerie, she was 37 years old from, um, I forgot this school, but uh, some mixed martial arts school. And again, jujitsu purple belt. So I believe the game plan was to, to, to get my wife to the floor and, and finish her there. But man, the footwork on her, Ray Longo is like, Hey dude, I, I can't even believe it. I was just so happy. It was just really wild, dude. It was wild. To see so, girl that never what's that? This is the turned now. Say again, right? This is the table's turn because she has been with you by your side while you prepared for fights. Oh yeah, and by her side as she prepared for this fights. So what did you learn about each other? Well, the difference is I'm not, you know, cooking for her and doing stuff like that. I'm just training with her. <laughs> so like training wise, uh, me and my wife, I'll roll with her for like an hour. Uh, we'll roll. And it's at the point now where she's a good blue belt. Well, she taps out the higher belts. You know, she's that she's good. But yeah, I, I treat it like I used to do private lessons where uh, I don't have to use my strength. I could just I can get all the positions on her. She has an answer for the get out. So right. we can roll like I'll roll with her. Boom, boom, boom. I take her back. She'll escape. Bah, bah, bah. Look, take my back. Look, take my arm. I'll look to get out or I get her. She'll get me right in the position to finish me. And I'll really try to get out. And then she'll get to me. So She's used to controlling and finishing, and her submissions are sharp. I thought going in, it was a good – she did a smash pass on this girl. She showed a snap down. She got to show an array of skills. And uh, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I was just – everybody that was in that building was super impressed. Not because uh, it's – it's uh because, it, 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 again, I know it's cute. She told me. She goes, I, I, just, I feel good about this because I was never – I never really felt I was good at anything, she tells me, which is cute because I go, look, you're a fucking combat athlete. You're 3-0 as an amateur kickboxer. You took an MMA match at 40, which is not a normal thing in a good way. It's not a normal thing at all. You don't – I go, you don't look on social media and see any of your people that you knew from high school, jocks, guys, girls, whatever they identify as. You don't see them fucking fighting in a cage at 40. And not only did she do it, she okay. did it – yeah, she did it wild, man. So I, I couldn't say, I, I know I'm a broken record, but on this podcast, we do talk about our lives. And I thought, you know, what a, what a, what, it's funny. Uh, one of the, the wrestling kids that's a coach at my school, Ricky Stam, he's been with me since he's like a kid. Now he like, since he's like eight, now he's, he teaches the wrestling, him and Tommy Beethoven uh, at my school. And he goes, Matt, he goes, man, he goes, I what'd you think of Ann's fight? He goes, dude, it was art. It was art. That's so that's nice. So anyway, enough of me bragging about my wife, but it was really, it was really something else you'd appreciate because you know Anne a long time where when I won the title, when I was in the house, she wasn't even training. She didn't, yeah. she never threw a she never threw a punch. You know what I mean? She would be just showing up at the academy with some gnocchi for me. And she'd be afraid to come into school sometimes because it's a it's a school full of people and there's a lot of guys in there, a lot of people, and she'd be like nervous, like out of anxiety. How about that? And now she's fighting in front of people. So it's a, it's just the martial arts is a beautiful thing and it adds self-confidence and it gives you a swagger that you might not have. Have you not 
try the arts. You know what I mean? So I'm very proud of the YP. Think that I Meryl Streep one time she said something and it pissed me off so bad. Yeah, like she was like the Marvel movies. That bitch. She she said, if without the arts, nothing would be left but mixed martial arts. And I was like, arts in the name, you idiot. Then she said that's and that's not art. She said. Yeah, and I was so mad. Um, I lost respect for her as an artist yeah. because listen. Martial arts is not art or, or, or sports. Just forget martial arts for a second. Sports builds integrity as a human being for so many reasons. Um, hey, Meryl Streep, you say that shit. F you and F Hamlet. I don't care about your craft. <laughs> I'm fucking around. But uh, my point is this. I, I really find that there's so many similarities between like artistically expressing oneself, I'm quoting Bruce Lee, uh, both in the cage or in the ring or in front of the camera, like it's, it's, it's self-expression and, and it takes so much fucking work. So I give Anne so much credit, you know, just to, just to train consistently. Like we know training isn't always fun. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's boring. If you've ever had to do road work, I hate every single second of it. Um, but you, this is what you do to be good. You put up with a lot of shit to be good. My biggest thing, uh, my wife said she wanted a bucket list thing with this one and done. That's why I'm glad it went so well. Because you know, as yes. me, a good day is a good day and a bad day is an awful day uh, in the cage. Yeah. So the fact that it went like flawless, I mean, it went so great. Anything, everything but the, but the finish. So I'm so happy it went well. And her biggest thing was, it's not that she couldn't do it again, but she goes, look, I'm hurting, like getting ready for it. And she's in, she was yeah. in shape, but getting ready for it was, yeah. it, it, these camps are rough. So to do it the right way, your body, it takes a beating. So she got that it's out hard. of the, she's going to, she's going to jump in some jujitsu comps and stuff like that if she wants to. But, uh, you know, it, it was, it was quite the, uh, quite the achievement, you know, and it's nice. It's nice. It really is. You know? Oh, Sam Tripoli is in the waiting room. What good time. Yeah. All right, hey, comedian Sam Tripoli. Let's bring him in. He does some crab maga. Oh, we got to talk about that. He'll poke you in your fucking eye and kick you in the dick. Yep. Did you say he kick you that, in the dick? That crab maga is seventy eight percent dick kicks. That's that's. Dick kicks. that's so you're telling me, but it is seventy eight percent dick kicks. He, you know, his art is primarily um, poking the eye and some dick kicks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I expected, I was working with this guy, uh, Matan uh, Gavish uh, in New York. I, t I took a couple classes there. And Ooh. he was, Matan, he he uh, he works with, you know, my coach, Plinio Cruz. So he I took- I like him, I like Pino. It's a lovely person, right? He's a nice guy. I like that whole crew. That whole Glover, uh, uh, Glover's crew. Yeah, Glover, Al, they're great. They're great guys. Um, but Plinio works with Sky Matan, who, who does Krav Maga. And what I like about it is he takes elements of all the arts for self-defense in Krav Maga. So he's like modernized it in a way. So like, I feel like a lot of it is like who you train with, where you go, you know, because their, their thing is like 100% self-defense. But I still... Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> These are just conspiracy theories. Sam? He says, 
uh, conspiracy theory podcast drops once a week with comedian. Uh, why is he stuck in the waiting room? What's going on? Are you bringing That's him in? Right. Let me, I'm looking at the chat. Hey. He's stuck in the waiting room. Technical difficulties. Oh, all right. We'll get that shit worked out. I mean, we're fine. Um, yeah, man. He's into those old uh, uh, the conspiracy theories. Him and uh, him and brought my friend, my old friend Brian Taylor. Not old as an old dude. Oh, and he's friends like with Eddie. What? I wonder what belt he is with Eddie Bravo. We talked about that before. Well, we shall find out. False reality, and, and oh wow! And what does he think of aliens and stuff like that? He's into all that shit. Oh, let's get him in here. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal. And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yo, what's up, Sam? What's the word, dude? How are you? Yo, man. Sam. Good to have you back. Good to this be is, back. This is my friend, Phoenix. Phoenix, how are you? Good. Sam, Good. We have a question. Nice. And I, we, were just, we were just going over your martial arts background. I said you... Bro, oh, I got news. I take jujitsu now. I got stripes. I got stripes. Now, wait. So you got stripes on your white belt. White belt. My white belt. Yeah, uh, I think it's 10 plan Van Nuys. Now, this is fantastic. Now, how yeah. how often are you going? And tell me I've about it. It's so funny. I actually started on Valentine's Day last year, and then I just moved. So I, I went to a new school. So I've been at the new school since May, and I got a couple stripes. I'm working my way to try to get a blue belt when I'm 51 years old. <laughs> Dude, listen, there's no age on this thing. That's great. Oh, there's some age on this thing. I think I pulled my groin sleeping yesterday. So, That's I mean, uh, shit happens. You know what I do? I do the, um, like today on Wednesdays, I, I did the uh, I do the morning class. And then I go back. Tonight I do at 7.30, I do a 40 and over class, which I like to do. It's fucking getting Yes. Yeah. I want to keep these older guys like on the mat because sometimes they want to train. It's not like if they're new, sometimes there's new white belts and they're just excited, almost like a, a puppy that doesn't know its own. So they're just, oh, the goals are trying to strangle somebody. And they go a little hard on the older guys where I just want them to try to rely on the technique and I want to keep them in one piece on the mat. You know what I mean? Because yeah, fuck, 100%. Yeah, I want tried to tear my leg off so i'm scared of white belts i'd much rather roll with a colored belt and get and get tapped out than be with like a spazzy white belt who's because they're just trying to survive 
You know what I mean? They're just trying to one hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like for me, it's like I don't really mind getting tapped. Uh, it's actually a win if I don't get tapped. I'm like, oh man, I didn't get tapped. That's fine. That's a win in my book. And you know, just working on defense right now. Just really focusing on some defense, getting some moves, trying to learn some stuff. And I love it, dude. I love it. Hey Sam, I asked this to um who's the t- the tall comedian? Schultz. Yeah. Andrew Schultz. I asked this to him when he was on because he's got some hands, right? Oh, yeah. I asked him, I'm going to ask you the same question because you got some skills. We heard about your Krav Maga background with the eye pokes and the dick kicks. We know about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I will fight dirty. You will kick a dick. Yeah, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I'll kick a dick. I'll poke an eye. I don't give a shit, bro. Yes. I'll kick a sister. I don't give a shit. Twist the nuts. All right, I'm getting crazy. I'm sorry. Listen, listen. My thing, Sam. You get to a situation. Say you're. Say you are. You married or got a girlfriend and not you or single? I have. Uh, I have. Uh, I have a Sorry. girlfriend and then okay. I have a baby's mama huh? and then I have daughters and it's just. Uh, it's a wonderful time. All right. Well, listen. Yes. <laughs> Let's say you're with you you're with your, uh, your your significant other. Yeah. And you're at the Starbucks, any of coffee shop, and there's a guy being a dick to you in front of your girl. Yeah. Do you defuse the situation with your wit and your comedy and your timing with that? Or is it straight fucking eye pokes and dick kicks and arm kimuras? Where do we go? Do we use our martial arts skills to de-escalate or do we use our comedy wit? That's what- a great question. That is a great question. Talk to me, Sam. That's a Talk great me. question. I'm unfortunately part Armenian, so I talk about this in recovery a lot. I tend to go zero to felony very quickly, which is not a good way to deal with stuff. And uh, so I like have a big flare up in them. Like I like kind of like let them know that I'm a little crazy person in hopes they won't want violence because I really don't want violence. I would prefer we just grab our coffees and go go home. You know what I'm saying? I don't really want to fight, but I'll have a little flare up uh, a little bit like who's the alpha here. And then I'll try to defuse if it looks like it's going. And then it's like, if something's got to happen, it's got to happen. I haven't been in a fight in a long time, which I always yeah. find interesting about martial arts. Like I spar, I spar, but I haven't been in a fight fight for a long time. I think if you're 51 and you're in a fight, you probably haven't learned any lessons in life. Uh, yeah. and the best idea is like, get the fuck out of there, which is what I love about Krav Maga. Um, and there's a lot of bullshit on the internet about Krav Maga. I understand from the outside why people think what they do because they see these guys doing these crazy arm locks and all that shit. And I get that. But at the fundamentals, it really is just dirty street fighting, some Krav Maga, some Thai, some, po- you know, some jujitsu, and then a lot of like poking the eyes and, you know, putting your thumb in their, their little bang right there and just get the fuck out. So uh, I would, I, I flare up. Then I do a joke. Then I try to de-escalate. And then if something happens, then I hope somebody breaks it up. The biggest problem is nobody breaks up fights anymore. Everyone just gets out their phones and yells world star the whole time. That's the fuck. Yes. That's my biggest thing. When I teach, I like, I like my, I like the saying, I like to make good people dangerous is (laughs) if I make a world champion, it's gotta be organic. That's great. But most importantly, I don't want these people who train with me to end up on world star hip hop. On the wrong side of it, you understand? Yeah, you don't yeah. want when I'm they're angry, their body and everything else like that. You don't want to be on that video. That's <laughs> you know, you might not be camera shy, but you don't want to be 
on a world star hip hop video. But that's why I love jujitsu sparring. It is my favorite sparring of all the sparrings because they, you know, there, I, I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of, uh, opportunity to get hurt in it i mean if you do it wrong or you or you got an ego and you don't want to tap or anything like that or you got a somebody but for the most part i find like the people like sparring maybe it's because i'm still white belt but it's it's probably the most gentleman of the sparring like yeah. nobody's really trying to kill each other but everyone's trying to, to you know get a tap and but it's the one where like if you got an actual ground game it seems like the most realistic because you're doing that every day right all the time you're taking yeah. somebody's best shit and you're yeah. learning how to manipulate them so i love it oh it's beautiful and uh when you when you really look deeper into what we're playing when we play jujitsu you know when we roll uh yeah you're not getting hit you're not getting punched or struck or poked in the eye at least not on purpose and but you are playing a death match you what is a tap well a you don't tap, that arm's going in another direction. It's getting broken. Well, if you don't tap to this choke, guess what? You're sleeping. And then I can do whatever I want with you. So it's really, they call it the gentle law, but God damn, is it sick. It's a great thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. and it becomes such muscle memory, you know? There's and an old saying, right? Like mean jujitsu is good jujitsu, right? That's how it is. If you're like, if you're, if you're grinding a guy and stuff like that, making him uncomfortable, that's good. But it's like you also don't want to hurt anybody. I think when you see somebody get hurt in jujitsu, everybody gets like kind of feels it, right? You're like, oh yeah. no, I'm gonna be out for a month. That fucking sucks. But it's, I love it, dude. It's the beautiful the beautiful thing about it is you could train hard as if you're fighting and not that's why when people get hurt, you're like, oh man, because because you don't really get hurt. You could train hard as long as you got no ego, you tap when they get you. And you, I mean, look, I like to stay like dangerous by doing that still. Uh, I've got the belt by knocking people out or knock somebody out to get the belt. But I haven't sparred one day uh, with my striking since I, I retired from MMA. I'm a short guy, Sam. I have to fight my way to get inside. I don't need that shit in my life. You know what I mean? Don't you a little bit like I miss hitting somebody. Like I miss just, <laughs> just coming. I'm sorry. I love striking. I, yeah. I miss it. I, miss it all the I time. enjoy it. I'll do some mid work. I'll do some mid work. I'll roll with it. But, you know, I think I quenched that thirst. And shit, man, again, it's not like I got that footwork like uh, like my wife. Hey, Sam, my wife's 40. She fought an MMA fight over the weekend and won. Oh, my God. Dude, footwork for days. Da, da, da. It was beautiful. Oh, and she, great, she, fought a blue belt, she fought a purple belt. I, oh, I'm wow. It's so great. It's so great. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I was more flat-footed, so I can't really do that. So, so let me ask you, we've, we've seen wonderful strikers come into the UFC and like, it seems to be their, their one Achilles heel is the ground game. And over years, they just never seem to get that. And it seems like it's hard because it's, I think like jujitsu, like 10 years minimum, right. Yeah. To really understand the art. It's probably a lot like stand-up comedy where someone's like, Oh, I've been doing it eight years. I'm like, Oh, you got two more years ago before you just start to understand who you are yeah. as a stand-up. Um, but do you think the biggest problem with a lot of these strikers is that their egos or is it just not enough time to get good at it quickly? Or what is it like this inability to like want to let themselves get tapped because they're too, con too competitive? It could be. It could be some of that. I knew a guy, a jiu-jitsu guy that was good. He'd be looking to work his hands. And when the guy was getting the better of him, he would just do a double, double leg. It's like, hey, dude, you, you have to be willing as a martial artist, not in just jujitsu, 
but especially if you want to be a fighter, you have to be willing. And I was talking about this with my wife because we would do puke drills to your tie to get fresh people on you. Maybe you're getting caught in this training session and you, oh you got to be willing. You got to be willing to look bad in preparation for a fight in order to shine in the fight. And that's what people don't yeah. understand. They're not willing to look bad during the process. And if you're training the right way, you're getting beaten down in a sense, mentally and physically where like, let's say a puke drill, 30 seconds striking, 30 seconds, jump on, takedowns, 30 seconds kicking, 30 seconds, they're starting on your back. You do that the course of the fight, you might be starting to, at the end, weary, getting weary and feeling like shit. Oh, wow, this one tapped you out. They don't normally tap you out. Listen, I put my wife through that. There's been training sessions where she's almost crying, like, you know, like frustrated with herself. Yes. He shined on that fucking night because she was willing to look bad in the process of getting there. It's almost like stand up, Sam. You got to be yeah. willing to try out new shit and eat dick to fucking. Yeah, you got to eat right? some dicks. That's how it goes. There's a big comparison. I, I, like, so I like the, the analogy. It's the humidity. I know. I love the analogy, especially the correspondence between like uh, martial arts and stand up. That's yes. two things I love so much. You you really have to suck to be good at times, and you have to be willing to suck at things to be good at. And you have to embrace. You have to embrace it in yeah. order to be good. And like most people, we live in a very comfortable. And people have gotten really soft, and we live in this very comfortable world where like you're afraid to be bad at anything. You know. And so I love that. I think those that explains performance, like in general. That's, and, that's, and it's also interesting that there are two kind of arts that can't be done and learned alone. Like, you know, like uh, learning how to sing, guitar, whatever, you know, paint. You could do that at home by yourself and, and like just get better and better if you work hard at it, you know. But stand-up comedy must be done in front of an audience and you must you must go through it to get to it. Whereas, you know, martial arts. You have to roll. You have to spar. You have to do all that to try. And the one thing I'll tell you about jujitsu over all the arts that I've done in my life, I've done JKD, Thai boxing, all that stuff for a very long, long, long time. But jujitsu to me, and I love it, is, is probably the most difficult to take something that you've practiced and put it in actual use. Because you're like, when you're training it, then the person's kind of letting you do it. And then you're in the middle of it, and you're like, why can't I get my knee all the time? Why can't? And it just takes time. It just takes time. And then one day you get it, and you're like, whoa, I, I, I actually got on this one. And it just, it's it's such an interesting journey. And I really just love the community, too. That's that's why I love jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Damn. it. Yeah, it's like, go ahead. What is that, Phoenix? I was gonna say, Sam, what's like the worst you've ever bombed, and how did you recover from it? Oh my God! I, I mean, like I've had epic bombs in awful situations, and y you know, it's just like it's just like I don't know. It's like uh, a bad night sh playing NBA bat. You know, you're in the NBA, a bad shooting night. You gotta go. Okay, let's get back up and do it. And that's how you just do it. You just work through it, and you go, "Why did I bomb? What did I do? Did I rush this? Did I do." It's like you're learning Jedi mind tricks. Stand-up comedy is Jedi mind tricks. You're 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 playing games with the audience. Certain words and certain ways you say it elicit a certain response. If you go watch a comic, like he's in a town for like oh, the one thing comics hate is when people come see us like three times in a row. We don't hate it. We're thankful that you would come, but we also get upset because you're going to see how we work the crowd. 
And a lot of people are like, oh, you're just coming off the top of your head. In reality, your work, you have certain things you do that in a certain way that elicit certain responses. So uh, it's an interesting thing for sure. How many how many podcasts do you have? I know you have a conspiracy <laughs> podcast you do with my buddy. I know Brian Kalen. Yeah, like, the best. 20 years. Yeah, he's a good man. Uh now, are you the more of the conspiracy guy, and he's the guy that debunks it, or what goes? Yeah, on? that's our show. It's called uh, Conspiracy Social Club. Uh, he's basically the normie, and I'm the conspiracy theorist, and we debate everything. And uh, he always has the wrong take. It's so funny because we get in these giant arguments on the show, and then a week later, he'll be like, text me, like, bro, you're right about everything. I can't. I just, no. I just talked to this guy. He told me so. Uh, so. Brian won't believe anything I said, but if he hears somebody on Joe Rogan's podcast say it, or one of his like intelligence agency friends say it, he believes it. If I say it, never believes it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm undefeated. <laughs> Sounds like my every every male female relationship. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I just like then it must be true. Yeah, 100%. You hear from somebody else in a different voice and it makes sense. When you hear from me, he doesn't want to believe anything. Sam, is there a favorite conspiracy? Uh, aliens, where reptiles, the pyramids, who built them. What is one of your favorites? Just that you're like, yo, Bigfoot. Which one do you go, look, man, I believe this shit. Well, I'm really into Tataria right now and the Tataria Empires. Tatarian empires that there's belief that there's a, there was an ancient shipping uh, empire that has been wiped off the face of the earth that went all over the entire planet and it was wiped off and they don't want us to know about it. So like, so what you'll happen is like, if you, you know, if you really want to do a deep dive in something crazy, look up like the, the 18, like seventies or eighties Chicago world fair. Look this thing up. It froze. Wait, it froze. It froze. Say that again. Say it again. Okay. Can you hear me? Can yeah, I got you. Okay. Look up the uh like 1987 or some 18, excuse me, 1870 something Chicago World Fair. Now, if you watch, if you go look this up, what you'll see is the most beautiful buildings you've ever seen in your life. Beautiful statues, like they had like a, they had an arena there. They're trying to tell you that they built all that in two years. Okay. And then as soon as the fair was done, they ripped it down. Now, uh which the whole belief is all this wonderful architecture that you see in like uh, the city halls. And all, these are actually very old buildings from another empire from before that, from this history that's been wiped out. And the reason I love it is because our history is all a lie. They've been lying to us about our timelines. They lied to us about our technology. They lied to us about all this stuff. And I, I really love that because, you know, it's like I've gotten really spiritual lately you know, like really religious too. Like uh, I'm not really into organized religion, but I'm a Christian guy and um, I respect all religions. And it's just because I've just seen like they've been doing this long kind of detach us from God and all that stuff. And I've just like, if you watch the Grammys this weekend, it's like all like super demonic, like even the pop stars, they used to be cute and stuff. She's got like blood all over her. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's like, it's like when you go back as far. So if you go, Sam, what is your favorite conspiracies? Yes. God versus fallen angels. If you study that, that's really everything. And it sounds crazy and a kooky and it might gotten a little weird right here, but that's my favorite discussion. Is it sim- Is it like the Graham Hancock uh, thing with that? When he is that the guy that would about in the uh, with the pyramids where he thought yeah, another? That's even that's even goes even deeper. Oh, okay. Like what really happened with the pyramids. 
the timelines of the pyramids, the fact that they've never found one mummy in a pyramid ever, that that was a giant lie. That never happened. The fact that the Sphinx is way older than even the pyramids, so that timeline's off. Here's the thing. Dinosaurs aren't real. They never exist. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I've seen Jurassic Park. Sadly. Don't fuck with me. I'm on Wait, you don't think dinosaurs are real? Well, I mean, I think they probably are Nephilim giants or biblical dragons and stuff like that. But when you realize that the guy who kind of theorized about dinosaurs was the guy who discovered dinosaurs, it gets kind of weird. And when you realize that they didn't discover dinosaurs till like the 1800s or something like that, and that every single dinosaur you ever see in a museum isn't even real, that's a plaster version of it, and they never let you see the real dinosaurs, that to me is, yeah, it's all meant to change our timelines and make you think we're just specks of shit on rocks hurling through space. It's just ridiculous. Oh, I'm sorry, Sam, I have to ask you, and I'm going to leave it at this and we're going we're gonna to plug your stuff. Are we hurling through space? Or if are you, we flat? Are we flat as fuck? What are we on right now, Sam? What are we I on? Know, if you go, which one do you believe more? Okay. Uh, Phoenix is getting nervous. Uh, I believe, I would believe flat earth over uh, uh, round earth, if I had to guess. Get the fuck out of here, Sam. Sam, I have to ask you, it's the stupidest question ever. We can't fly, we can't go past that Arctic wall and see what's on it. What happens over that wall? Where are we, Sam? Don't freak me out. If you said, if you said, Sam, if you really believe where we are, I, I think we're in like a weird kind of puddle uh, on something much bigger and that there's land beyond that wall. And when you realize that the, the person who came up with the heliocentric model was a Jesuit priest, and the Jesuits are the first ever intelligence agency, and they're they are the the basically the military for the Vatican, and so the Vatican's basically the ones who came up with the idea, and he didn't even want to put it out, and it was on his deathbed. They're like, "Hey, man, we wrote your book for you. It's gonna go out." And he's like, "I'm dying!" And like, and, and then they put it out. So, yeah, man, everything is uh everything is an, is a uh hey the world you want the truth the world's ran by sorcerers when you start realizing that. Everything is mysticism. All I know is I'm not sure about your jujitsu skills, but I, I'm starting to see why Eddie Bravo gave you those stripes. <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> around. I love Eddie. Sam, I mean, dude, that, that half an hour just flew by with you. I, I, I don't even want to let you go. This is fucking getting just good now. This is fucking great. What do you, what do you want to plug? But and it's, please plug that that conspiracy one because okay i have about a billion podcasts the reason i'm so many podcasts is because if i wasn't podcast i would just be talking to myself anyway so i might as well podcast so uh i have tim fall hat which is my big one which is the the flagship of them uh we we have like 750 episodes of that i have conspiracy social club with brian callen and my friend dylan Rennan. it's basically a debate show so i have that I have uh, I have a brand new show. It's called uh, Doom Scrolling. It's available exclusively on Rumble, and it's basically where I find the best TikTok and uh, Instagram conspiracy videos, and I do deep dives on them. It's kind of like your conspiracy news for the week. I do it every Thursday at three p.m., six p.m. Uh, Eastern, and uh, that's that. And that yeah, and that's it. Broken Sim is my comedy podcast. Broken Simulation, and that's it.
I fucking love it, man. Dude, you're an interesting guy. And I say that in the best way possible. <laughs> uh, hey, man, Sam, come on again and, and hang out with us, dude. Anytime. Anytime. Just hit me up. I'll hang out longer if you ever want next. I just got to do a podcast right now. But in the future, if you ever want me on, I'll stay on longer. Fuck yeah, man. Stay on for the whole show. Say it again, Phoenix. I'm going to come see you in New Jersey. You're in Morris Plains. Yeah, come hang out. Come hang out in Jersey, man. It's really great. We're doing the Grifty Awards. I'm doing stand-up. It's great. Okay. Hey, Sam, man, thanks so much for coming by, Anytime, dude. Anytime, Matt. You're the best, dude. I love you, Thank buddy. You're Sam. Take care, man. All the best, brother. That's fun. I, listen, hey, Phoenix, what a show. What a smooth show. That was smooth. We're, we're, we're great together, Matt. Oh, you know man. what I mean? We're nerds who love fights and jokes. And speaking of fights, like I said, this weekend, 7 o'clock main card on uh, ESPN+. Plus, Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Now, Joe, Joe's a guy that means business. But Jack Hermanson, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Well-rounded, very good jujitsu, good striking. But Joe Pfeiffer is a guy that I think is on a fucking mission right now. You know? We- I think you weren't here, but it was me and Jim. And we talked to him for quite some time. Very interesting background. Actually, no, I think it was me and you. Uh, I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to take Joe by uh, fourth round stoppage or third round stoppage. And I like Jack. I do. I like Jack a lot. I think Joe's going to gonna find his, find his uh, have his way. I think he's going to get through to him and maybe get a ground and pound in there. Hurt him, put him down. But I like you know, listen, I love Jack too. I just I gotta I got kids, I gotta make a prediction here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, what do you think? What do you think? Uh Pfeiffer by third round TKO. All right. For Joe? Yeah, for Joe. We're both with Joe on that one. Uh Dan he gave is Andre Feely. Andre Feely is coming off a very nice fight. He's coming off a victory and looking good. Dan Ige is is always dangerous. And uh, what is Danny Gay's last fight? Did he lose that one? I think he lost it to Bryce Mitchell or somebody else. Unless that was oh, a Did I fuck that up? I fucked that up. Who did he fight last, Danny Gay? Uh, Danny Gay fought. Uh, How'd that go? To Bryce Mitchell. Right? How, Hold on. Danny Gay lost to Bryce Mitchell. It was like September. And I think it was a, no, no, a decision. Look, it was Bryce Mitchell. Lost to him, yeah. Yeah, and Brian, and you know what's weird about that one is he was taking away some takedowns nicely in the beginning, looking good, and then Bryce Mitchell was just so relentless with his with his uh, pressure, and ended up started getting the takedowns and controlling. And uh, like I was talking to Eric Nixick about it, and I just don't think Dan Ige was used to being controlled like that. I don't think he thought it would be getting to the floor because he had such good wrestling. So no. I thought that was. Oh, man, him and Andre Feely, that's a fight right there, huh? Yeah, because Feely, what, Feely's like 32, 33 years old. He's very, 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 very talented. He stopped Lucas Almeida. Uh, I think it was the first round, right? This is such a hard one to pick. Why do we got to pick? But you've got you've got Ige coming off of a loss and Feely coming off of a win. So I think with this win, it's uh, he's going to ride that momentum, and I think Feely by decision. Yeah, I agree. I might listen. I might be way off. This fucking Ige is so good. You know what I mean? But listen, yeah. 
You got Michael Johnson coming back. Uh, Hadafo Rivera, uh, who I love his jujitsu. We got a nice card coming up. So I can't talk about that next week. I'm going to be in Florida next week. I'll be doing the show from there. Oh, nice. What are you doing in Florida? Yeah, you know, we like to do the universal thing. I'll be visiting uh, my jujitsu buddy, John Burke, over at Six Levels in Orlando. I'll do a seminar there. I'll be doing that maybe in another... I think next Saturday, a little workshop, a little something. I like to spread jujitsu love when I'm around, you know? Uh, Wait, what do you want to plug besides the fights this weekend? Like I did many times. Uh, Yes. And just follow me on social. Hopefully I have some good stuff coming up. I've been doing a lot of acting and auditioning and um, sketch comedy, hosting some sketch comedy shows and stuff like you are so talented. You are, you remind me of my friend, Dean Thomas. Dean and I are very similar. We're very much alike. That's why we get along. Um, but yes, I, you know, doing all that stuff. So hopefully, probably by the end of the year, I want to rehash my podcast and do some stuff like, you know, I like the the physiological and the psychological aspect of the sport. So if you are a person who trains, you'll love my stuff. If you're just like a, a cash, maybe not so much. <laughs> hey man, listen, I like your stuff. Everything from Pop culture, the mixed martial arts. That's why me and you hang out. Phoenix, sure. I will talk to you, I'm sure, shortly. And thank you for jumping on today. We always have a blast. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Goodbye, Unfiltered yeah. Army. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.